0: Well, it'll just for you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. <laughs>
1: Good afternoon and welcome into this July 19th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Puit, Nick Verzellini Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us and, uh, Big show today. We'll continue our coverage of Chase Delauder being drafted 16th overall here in a few minutes. We'll be joined in studio live by his former high school head coach, Eric Grove, who's the head coach at Hedgesville High School. Still, I believe he was an assistant there when he stu- when uh, Delauder was coming up. And then I believe his senior year, he was the head coach of Crawford. Matt Crawford gave me excuse me, gave me the right information. We'll talk to him in a few minutes. Tonight, we'll resume the Little League Baseball State Tournament. Uh, last night, paused it because the storms rolled through, you know, one thirty, two thirty, 2.30 right here through Martinsburg and uh, – a lot of rain coming down throughout the afternoon. Even though by the time it was four, five, six o'clock, it was getting sunny outside. But those fields were just drenched. And the, uh, you know, the great field crew there over there, those volunteers at the Martinsburg Little League, just there's too much rain coming down that came down in that hour span that uh, just kind of washed the games for the day.
2: Yeah, but you know all the coaches there for the Little League teams are jumping for joy because they got a uh, day of rest for their pitchers without having to waste any other. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, guys that would have been pitching starting-wise yesterday are now moved because another pitcher could come and uh, pitch here today. So we'll have to wait yeah, and Yeah, and that
1: also gives them time. It you know, gives them if somebody's not having a great start, you can put another guy in. Or maybe you decide you want to keep another guy Potentially for later in the game if he needs to come in, but there's a lot of moving parts there again. Excuse me. We'll uh, be able to broadcast two games tonight. Uh, we are going to broadcast the Hurricane versus Shinston Clarksburg game on field two. Uh, before the Jefferson Little League game that's on field two uh, plays at 8 p.m., uh, they will play the loser of Bridgeport, Oda Milton, which for some reason is on field one. That's how the schedule worked out, but uh, don't want to have to rush from field one to field or field two from field one down to field two the opposite of what we did the other day because although we got it done uh ideally you don't want to have to do that
3: yeah and it just it doesn't make sense from a
1: logistical, logistical standpoint
3: standpoint but uh yeah i think yesterday i mean you know we had that rain early and if there was like a tarp or something you could probably got that game in we did get another brief shower around like seven fifteen ish or so uh so That was definitely the right call, I think, yesterday. And like Colin said, it does give you an extra day off here. I think the rest of the week is supposed to be sunny. So, you know, weather should be great here from here on out. And they'll get these games in. And, uh, you know, tonight, I think getting a look at the other side of the bracket uh, with some big games um, should be interesting to see tonight. And I think uh, the, the nightcap is the Jefferson game, so looking forward to both of these tonight and uh, see how these teams perform now with that extra day of rest.
1: And that will do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix. Again, we'll have all your coverage for you on radio, TV, and YouTube for all those two games tonight. And hopefully we'll keep having Jefferson as they hopefully move on and do what they did last year, go down to Warner Robins, Georgia. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one. First, Go to parsonsford.com for more. After this two-minute break, we'll be joined in studio live by the head coach for the Eagles baseball team, Eric Grove, and he'll talk about his time with Chase DeLauder and what he's meant, what he meant to the program and how he's going to perform there. Now that he's drafted, and we'll talk maybe a little Hedgesville baseball as they uh, had some young guys to look forward to a great season next year. After this two-minute break, you're tuned to
0: the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. First pitch and DeLauder sends a high drive, deep center, and goodbye baseball. He has had two at bats
1: and he's got two home runs. A solo shot in the first. This one a three-run blast, and just like that, it goes from a four-nothing lead to a seven
3: to nothing lead for the Hedgesville Eagles. Big players come out in big games, right? Isn't that the old adage? And I think you're seeing that right here with Chase DeLauder. Uh, two at-bats and having himself a whale of a ball game already with the 16th pick of the 2022 mlb draft the cleveland guardians select chase de an outfielder from james madison university is finally here,
1: man. welcome back to this edition of the sports mix and uh able to find out find some highlights from uh, the 2019 regional baseball series where hedgesville eventually getting that win we're now joined by the head coach for the hedgesville eagles baseball team eric grove and that was your first year as head coach correct
4: it was yes
1: must have been some good memories just hearing that back because you guys were able to make it to the state tournament there in your first year as head coach
4: yeah i mean it was it was uh incredible situation to walk into with players like him not just exclusively him but to see what he's made of himself now and uh looking back on that certainly some things that i'll never forget and with him and with that team it was a good team and a really competitive uh, state championship year that year um lost maybe the fastest state tournament game ever in an hour and 22 minutes i think it was but um Great memories, yes.
2: Oh, sorry. I I thought you were about to go. But, Coach, uh, you mentioned uh, during the break that you were at the uh, party there for uh, Chase DeWater there the night that he got drafted. Just what was it like uh, for you getting to be there and then seeing the emotion with him and his family when his name got announced there at Pick 16?
4: It was really special. I don't think that you can really quantify – What it was to be there—certainly something I never experienced before—and I think that you know everyone that was there. I think it's something they'll remember for the rest of their lives. And it was exciting for everyone. But you know, when you put the work in like he has, it's a range of emotions that really I can't speak for. But. Uh, just to see you know the the tears come out and a lot of that's just the the pain that comes with working on your body and going non-stop and when that's been his mission ever since i met him and uh, i knew him as a sophomore in high school through had a lot of you know i guess what you'd call intimate conversations with him in the bullpen and uh just trying to get to know what type of person he was and you know some things that people don't get to see and i'll cherish those forever
3: what are What are some of those things that kind of stood out to you when you uh, had the opportunity to coach Chase? And and did you kind of know that he had the ability to maybe one day uh, get to this level?
4: It it honestly was reinforced by my grandfather, who uh, was in the Yankees farm system as a young adult. And the first game he ever saw Chase play – he said he was hitting ninth and he said what's this kid hitting ninth for so well honestly granddad i'm just a pitching coach but he's young on a pretty talented team and my granddad's been steadfast that he would make it there from the second he saw him and uh for me you know it, it's just a progression the body of work and you I, i've said you know he had more extra base hits than singles and that's i don't know if anybody's ever done that and that really speaks to what type of hitter he was and he gets discredited for things that are really out of his control where he's from and how JMU's schedule is and those types of things but um, he's beat everybody that he's uh, you know ever really went up against he's beat the odds and he's going to keep doing it I think and it's just um, the way he carries himself and the discipline he has and his dedication to his craft are unmatched. And I've seen good players, and he's several cuts above.
1: And you look back in his time at Hedgesville, uh, from what I've been able to do some research on, is you were the pitching coach, as you just mentioned there, the assistant coach before taking over in 2019. And he was more of a a guy that was looking to pitch in college rather than be a hitter. And uh, do you know when he kind of made that transition and when he wanted to go full go to be more of a hitter than a pitcher?
4: I think um, when you're left-handed, people love to think you can pitch. And a lot of times the best player on your team has to pitch. And he was an exceptional pitcher, too. I I guess I can hang my hat on that. But, I mean, I thought he could hit in college when he was in high school uh, and hit Division One pitching when he was in high school. Um, you know, I know he's facing, you know, kids throw 80, 85-mile-an-hour around here, but so effortless, so pure and um, – as far as transitioning out of the pitching role, I think that that some of that might have been determined by what they thought he could do at the next level, and uh, people started to get interested early in, in his ability to hit and play in the outfield. So he really made that path, and um, he probably could have pitched too. But you know, there's a lot of mechanics, and they don't want to uh, Shohei Otani doesn't come around very often either. So it's he's not. They pick, and you know that's really out of my control. I'm just happy to. Have him hit six oh six and be nine and zero in a <laughs> one year, and let him do both. You
2: mentioned uh, that you'll always share some special moments that you had with uh, Chase dewater here, Coach Grove. Uh, what are I guess if you could just share one of those moments, maybe with us
4: here? Well, one that's funny is uh, during the pandemic, he was wanted to go to the cage every day, wanted to go to the field every day, and constantly wanted to get me in trouble for being there. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, honestly I'm thinking in the back of my mind, this kid's gonna make it big, how am I gonna hold him back? I don't really care about all this other stuff that's going on. So I'd get him out there and he went out with a few boys and uh Brady Weaver was one and uh they played they were just I dunno if they were playing home run derby or whatever, I was actually out in the outfield building working and next thing you know the police showed up and someone they hit someone's car in the net well he hit someone's car in the neighborhood behind the field and the guy was irate about you know he's standing on second base trying to hit my house and i'm thinking no you're just probably getting a major league player hit your car and that's what happens when you put your house there but uh as far as um and that was funny because i was like i don't know if i should really go out here and because uh, whatever but we did it and it was fine and over with as far as like playing wise i can remember some conversations with him um in big games where you could just tell you know he wanted it's baseball is not a one-person sport everybody's got to pitch in and he would he would just you know always want to take our team to the next level and we had serious talks about you know where do, where do you think you fit best in our lineup? I'm not somebody that's ever been, I don't need the game to be about me. You know, I think, I think, you know, he's a smart enough kid to think, hey, where do you think you fit in out here? And he would give me his justification for why. And sometimes I would do it, sometimes I wouldn't. And he'd get mad when I wouldn't, and that's okay. But, you know, we always had that kind of relationship where he could tell me things that, um, Maybe would upset someone that coached that was kind of you know wanted to be the center of attention all the time he can he can talk to me about whatever he wanted, and I think he was you know uh, comfortable with that and um I, I i feel like that might have served him well. You mentioned uh
3: chase kind of overcoming uh coming from a small school in a small area and then going to a small division one school for you as a coach how do you kind of use i guess him maybe as an example that if you put the work in it doesn't matter that you're from you know west virginia or you're from a small school you can you can uh achieve your dreams and reach the highest level
4: we we focus on it being our area but there are a lot of places that are would be small town areas (laughs) across the country and um if you don't have the last name of like drew jones or jackson holiday and you fight those things but there's a lot of small town kids making it big across the country and um you know he's going to put this area on the map in a different way that you know if i'm confident if i thought someone was good enough to to go play division one baseball or whatever that i could text him and be like hey you know let's what can you do to help me with this kid? I think he would do it because he's just that type of person, and I'm happy to have that connection with him. Um, It's it's just his baseball IQ and his willingness to come back and help our program. I think the kids see that. There's a group that's kind of friends with him, and there's a group that looks at him as like this famous person. So that's (laughs) just because of their age difference. He played with some kids that were still just around. Riley Bub was at his um, graduation I mean, graduation party, his draft party. So, I mean, he's he knows a lot of those kids still and looks out for him. and his little brother's there too. So that's another reason he'll probably come back for a time or two.
1: And you, you talk about what he's meant to your program just there about him coming back and such. When did you see – Maybe was it that summer twenty twenty? Did you think? Did you really think maybe he could be a high level draft pick, or was it not till last summer when he you know just killed it in the Cape Cod League?
4: I I feel like right after he was gone, there was never a doubt that he would go to JMU and succeed for me. How that would translate to the major leagues? I'm not that guy to to say. I don't have any experience with that, but. Um, I knew they weren't going to outwork him, and he continued to grow, get bigger, and uh, those things. You you can tell a Division one athlete and a professional athlete when you stand next to them more so than actually what you see on a field, maybe because the competition is different. But I know that Coach Church, our basketball coach at our school, talks a lot about you know you can tell Division one athletes by what you see, not so much how they play or whatever. It's it's a special type and he grew up quick and um he was a part of a a really good group that we've had the last several years i can i was actually thinking on the way here there's been seven players in the last three years that have played college baseball coming out of our program starting with chase and brady weaver and moving into the ryan fries jr luttrell's josh rushes and then aiden milton and kyle west uh here recently it's been a good run i don't I mean, I like to think we're helping them out, but they're really helping themselves out with the type of kids they are and really proud of each of them.
1: And, uh, you know, kind of a follow up to what he meant to your program. What was it kind of like to see him in the dugout or when it was pitched, when he was, you know, in there warming up? Um, we, we talked with the Berkeley Post 14 Hornets manager, Trip Tobin, on the show yesterday, and he said just his baseball IQ and teaching players like, how he uh you know what when he goes to the plate what he does uh do you think that that's kind of what has separated him from the rest is being able to just watch the pitcher pitch and see oh well i can i can get to that point i can see where he pitches his ball and now i know his locations just by watching him pitch for one day
4: he definitely picks up on things really fast and he has super fast hands and he just reads at bats really well where it's you know if it's someone that might have good off-speed pitching that maybe it's going to force the ball away I disagreed with one of the analysts when I went back and listened to it after the fact that said they don't think he can hit the other way I have a hard time believing that I just I mean and I granted it's a different level and uh, nobody cares what I think anyway but I think he'll hit the ball the other way, and like they said, not too many lefties do. That's why they're having to readjust the shift and all that kind of stuff. He he just takes the he takes the game in so quickly, and baseball is a game of adjusting on the fly. It's a game of failure. He figured that out and didn't fail very much up to this point, and I really don't think it's going to start today or tomorrow.
2: Let's transition now and talk about uh, last season here for. Hedgesville with your uh, guys team there. Seemed like a little bit of a uh, down year for you guys. Uh what has this, I guess, off season been if you've been in touch with any of the guys and what are you hoping to bring to uh next season?
4: We had off season workouts. Um, just the five days that we're, I used over the three week period we were allowed to. I when your season's just over, it's a lot of people think it's silly. I just like to see where i think the kids fit in and what we can work on with our off-season program when we start to lift and do that type of stuff um it i mean i don't it was honestly i thought we overachieved even though i always i always believe we can win championships but it just didn't work out we didn't hit well enough um if we are if our offense improves we'll we'll have a good team this year i believe but if it's we're we're still looking for that work ethic. I am one of the things I'm gonna say often now is you can make a choice. You can either be Chase the Lauder on a video game or you can be Chase the Lauder in real life. So many people are can't put their video game down long enough to go work out or run or even watch baseball on T V, all things that would be more productive than pressing a joystick. That's where we have to get and uh, some of the younger kids have that hunger so it, it'll be interesting you know we, we i thought our playoff run was probably better than it looked because we gave up three or four runs and only won one game so the two phases of the game were working the one wasn't I mean, we got to coach better and hopefully that transitions to playing better
3: and you got a young team uh coming back for this next season so uh, some some guys coming back, you know, Lane DeLauder, Chase well, Chase's younger brother, uh, Jackson Russ, Jackson Russ, yes, yes, I was breaking, Braylon Connor, yeah, Tanner Matthew, I believe is back as well. Mm-hmm. So you got, you got a good core coming back, and uh, with those guys now having the experience, and hopefully they can, I guess, bring that leadership to your team this year.
4: I hope so. Uh, that's a good pitching group. Like I said, again, I mean, our pitching rotation will be pretty similar unless somebody steps up and takes one of those spots. Um, leadership is something that I think the biggest void. Kyle West was an incredible leader. Um, and Chase, obviously, Chase, and, uh, to me, that's that part of what we need is what's missing right now. Um, we need someone to step up and hold people accountable when they don't do the things at practice they should do, and the things that uh, they should do away from practice they should do. And that's where we're we're lacking some right now. It's not really something we can teach. I don't, Nikki, myself, and the rest of my coaching staff haven't really changed much. I'm not saying it's what's working. It's just we haven't changed much. We still have the same expectations. We got to get that buy-in to be just a little bit higher uh, be willing to put in the work now i understand wanting to take a break i do too uh, we just got done our golf scramble and i could i would love to take a month or two a, away but it just doesn't offer that type of thing so we got to start working on our field and all that again and hopefully the kids are ready to go when school kicks back in we'll have a meeting and go from there And you you talk about
1: your pitching and bringing those guys back. You know, your innings leader in Jackson or West, 52 and two-thirds innings. He's coming back there as a senior, and he was able to work this summer uh, with the post-14 Hornets in uh, 16 innings. And he... Has a pretty good ERA over those 16 innings. We we were able to watch him pitch a bunch this summer. Do you think that he's going to be? uh, I know you're going to have a bunch of seniors coming back, but do you think he's going to be that main leader on your team that that uh you know obviously coming back with those 52 innings for you last year?
4: I hope. I think he's got the mental capacity to do it. He's been the high school quarterback and plays basketball. I think the thing, one of the things he struggles with is. You know, where does he fit in when he maybe comes back late from playing another sport? Has he been, at, he hasn't been a lot of the workouts, but it doesn't mean he's not working out. He's just not working out with us. So, um, as far as innings wise, I would hope that he'd be one of our top few pitchers. And uh, I, Tripps told me he's had a fantastic summer. I didn't really doubt that he would. He's not somebody that's, you're, he's not going to stand on the mound and throw it by you, but he's going to dance all around the plate and make you look silly and i hope he keeps doing that he's somebody that could maybe uh pitch at the next level given the right situation and uh if that's what he chooses that he wants to do that's up to him
1: anything nick I think I'm good. All right, I got one final one. Uh, what uh, what have you seen coming up? Uh, you know, your summer. You're, I believe, you're a teacher, right? Mm-hmm. So you you've been a, you know, you don't work as much in the summer as you would normally. You able to see these little league games? What do you see coming up potentially uh, for your team soon? I said, I believe Hedgesville Little League has had one team that's going to play a tournament down in Florida
4: they are it's it's where my uh grandfather is from and i go there regularly safety harbor florida so i'm actually going to make the trip i was going to go anyway it just kind of forced my hand into going um been working out the semantics of being able to get there and go but i'm going to go and watch them there are a lot of kids that were on our jv team this year um I mean, just they're 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 they are going to have to step up to play down there. I've been there and I've seen it, and I know what that is. Uh, some of the younger groups have had some moderate success. I think there's one of the age groups right now that's playing Cerrito Canova or whatever and doing well. I always try and watch. I, not so much for me. I mean, that, there's such a transition from that level of baseball to even high school and then from high school to college. The jumps are big it means something but I, I and i don't go there to recruit or show my face i just like to watch them and support them and i, I mean that's we're talking several years down the road i might be uh, done with it by then but just just to be able to watch them and i know that i feel like even if they feel like somebody that they think is important is watching them maybe they'll focus more and uh, you know represent the game better i want all those uh, teams to represent themselves with class and to play the game the right way. I'm big on those things. And um, even though it doesn't always happen and we have outbursts or whatever, I I hope that they're taught the right things there. And it seems like for the most part they are.
1: Hedgesville baseball coach Eric Grove, our guest. Thanks for the time, Coach Grove, and uh, we'll see you next uh, spring.
4: All right. Thank you, sir.
1: That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, is family-owned and operated at 360 Hack away Way in Martinsburg. Go to Orsini's.com for more. We come back, we'll talk uh, MLB baseball, the Home Run Derby. Last night, we'll preview the All-Star Game. After this two-minute break, you're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio, WRNR, and TV 10.
2: Just getting star. I was sling to you, you were sling to me. I was so alive, never been more free.
0: Now back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM740, and TV10.
1: Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio, WRNR, and TV 10. We'll continue with baseball. Again, want to thank Hedgesville baseball coach Eric Grove for stopping in and taking a big chunk of time to talk to us about Chase DeLauder and what he meant to the program and what he's going to do uh, after getting drafted 16th overall and about his program, the, uh, the youth movement that he's really got there. They didn't have a bad season last year. They just had a lot of youth on their team, only two seniors, so they'll be good going into next year and uh we're uh, working on trying to get the man the myth the legend himself chased a on the show hoping towards the end of the week I know he's got a busy schedule uh trying to navigate the national media or the cleveland media I guess I should say uh, cuz he's got requirements there as well uh, I know like the nationals had did some zoom calls and stuff with their media and uh, hopefully by the end of the week we'll have him on the show
2: I was about to say when you're the uh, 16th pick overall pick team, and the
1: first pick yep
2: the, you You'll get appearances uh, there for that media. You might have to make an appearance. You never know at Cleveland once the uh, season starts. Yeah, I mean, you're back the first round there. pick. Yeah. I, I
1: remember years ago. They like ago, doing intros yeah. for their picks. I remember ye- years ago. I guess it was. I don't remember how long it was Lucas Giolito got drafted by the Nationals in the first round. Okay. And I'm fairly, if I remember correctly, I was at the game where they introduced him at. Yeah. And so. that was 2013, maybe. A long time ago. So when they the, traded, yeah. <laughs> Now he's having a pretty good career, but they had to do that with a lot of their prospects in order to. Uh, they they were deep in the farm system, you know, ten ten years they were ago. They're about
2: to do that with the home run derby champion.
1: Well, uh, yeah, let's talk about that last night. Uh, none of us were correct on our guesses of who was going to win the home run derby. It was indeed won by Juan Soto, uh, and in which was a, a different. You know, obviously the the home run derby is not as prestigious, I guess, as it once was. Where you gotta hit a lot of bombs and ten, you get ten strikeouts. You know, Dylan Bishop, our uh, cameraman slash volleyball play-by-play guy, he made that point over text last night. Is that it's the old, the new, the old format is a lot better. Uh, and you know, one of the advantages in the new format is if you're the second guy in your bracket, you know, in your matchup, all you have to do is hit one more than the guy that uh, hit before you, and that's what Juan Soto did. Juan Soto hit one more each time because he was second in in the order there and he goes on to win over uh the rookie there from the mariners
3: yeah julio rodriguez uh but i think the new format and it's been that way for a few years now so i don't know if we should still the new format the new format but newer yeah. um i like it more in some ways and i don't like it more in some ways i think the positive is it seems to make the home run derby not take as long and not be as much of a drag yeah. that it was before. Uh, it's a little bit more exciting because there's the clock, there's the timing, and stuff like that. So I think from that perspective, it's good. Uh, the only thing that's kind of negative about it is, like, if a guy hit, like, 30 or whatever, doesn't yeah. matter. Then the like issue some other is that you need to take out the bracket. Yeah, the bracket is the problem because the most home runs should advance, not the one-on-one matchups. I'm not a big fan of that. But I think if they just had most runs of ants.
1: In each round.
3: Yeah. Because that's yeah, what it that used to be with those
2: sense. 10 outs was it was out of the eight, it'd be the top four right. in the total. And then from four, it would go to two. Now it's uh, one seed against an eight seed, yada, yada, yada for a bracket. And that's what's really been the issue, it seems like, to a lot of home run derby fans is it could be a matchup like Soto had a couple times where all he needed to win was, it was one 19. more, and it was a,
1: it was in the teens. Yeah, so he he hit 18 in the first round over Jose Ramirez. In the second round, he hit 16, one over Albert Pujols of 15, and then in the finals, he hit 19 over Rodriguez's 18. So all he had to do was hit one more, and that's what I was mentioning. Yeah. Being the second person, the first person sets the tone of what you have to do, but when it's in the teens, it's relatively easy.
2: And we said he had a total of 52 home runs, I believe. And J-Rod there from Seattle, the uh, guy that lost to Soto, I think he ended up hitting 82. So 30 more home runs, but he's the guy that isn't the winner, misses out on the uh, million dollars that you get in the winnings as well.
1: My thought here is if you're going to do like how they do it is you, at the end of it for the finals, then you count it. Like... Like, I think you have that time in the finals, and it's however the accumulative home runs in the final round. Not Maybe not – like, if they're going to do it the way that they have it right now and they have it as three rounds, round one, round two in the finals, when you get to the finals, your first two rounds are tallied up, and then you have well, three minutes. Be
3: like, no point of having the finals I, I, last night?
1: I mean, yes, last night, but it would have been if Juan Soto was able to do so, which clearly you wouldn't have been able to do. You would have had a rookie win it.
3: So then, what would I don't if know it, if it seems to a big be the margin, first two rounds no were
2: cumulative, point. I believe. I think they still carried over, even though they went from eight to four. Those four, I think, home runs from round one were added to round two, and that's how they got to the final two back in the 10 out system. And then when it was the final two, it reset, and they went just head to head like you see now each and every time. Yeah,
3: I mean, overall, yeah. I don't think it matters too much it's just a home run derby and it's about entertaining for the fans i think this new format has been more entertaining uh, overall but uh and i do like too i mean the home run derby tends to attract more stars than like the dunk contest does in the nba which i think is the closest thing you can compare to it so um i mean maybe the three-point contest but i mean yeah i'm a i'm a bigger fan of the home run derby than what i used to be
1: yeah, nonetheless, though, we get the news last night, uh, I believe during the Home Run Derby or right before the Home Run Derby, that uh, the Midsummer Classic set for tonight, 8 p.m. I believe it's still on Fox. Is that correct? I or think did, so. Or does it get changed? I don't know. I know Fox has had it in the past. Uh, if they have to go to extra innings, it will be uh, done by Home Run Derby. There will be no extra innings. The tie will be broken by Home Run Derby. So uh, what so do we think we about that? tonight. What do we think about that?
2: I like that just for the since All-Star it doesn't
1: game. mean anything because it doesn't it doesn't mean, it doesn't anything. mean anything. Now I'm coming just around to what we game. talked about pre-show. Yep. Doesn't mean anything because they've already taken that out a few years ago. Exactly. Why not have some fun at the end instead of playing innings that don't matter?
2: Exactly. We were having a heated debate earlier. You were saying that would well, that come be around kind of fun to see there for regular season games instead of extra innings. I was making the point go to the home run derby like that, and I said absolutely not because those games matter
1: i was making the point like um in the nhl where they have shootouts
3: yeah i mean i think you really only have two options when it comes to extra innings in an all-star game that doesn't matter is either the game just ends in a tie which nobody really wants that because you at least want the bragging rights and i think you probably get some bonus if the al wins and you're a part of that team so the home run derby is probably the better option there and uh yeah, I mean, I guess I'll root is for it that. Is it a home run
2: derby that still goes against the other pitchers, though? That I would don't be, know how that, that would work. be entertaining.
1: Like, that would imagine be anxious, it still so.
2: beating, like, you but know. But then
1: you would throw outside of the zone. It's true.
3: You can stick the bat outside of the zone.
1: I mean, yeah. Uh, the All-Star game tonight is at 8 p.m. They've announced the pitchers, the starting pitchers. Clayton Kershaw gets the nod there at his home stadium. Um and then it's sh- uh, Shane McClanahan, the MLB ERA leader of the Rays will get the start on the AL side. Uh, but it should be an interesting game tonight.
3: If it's still tied after one round of the home run derby, do they go? To, do they play like rundown or something? <laughs> Wall ball? No, I think they have three. These I think so.
1: I think three players from each league. Uh, so only a six of the eight participants are given nods to hit, I believe is what I was reading last night, and they each get three pitches.
2: I'm still waiting for the MLB to bring that uh, bunting skills competition to the All-Star Weekend. Have you guys ever seen those videos? I think uh, the league in Japan does it. It's a competition where it's like the Homer and Derby, but instead it's for bunting And they have to try to hit different uh, bullseyes that they have around the infield. And if they can land it in a certain spot, that's obviously more points than the other.
1: I don't know if that would be entertaining at all. I (laughs) I don't think so. Would
2: keep the shift around.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good point there. Yes. Uh, Before we hit the break here, uh, we didn't talk about this yesterday uh, due to time constraints there. Uh, but we'll kind of recap the, the draft. We're not going to talk about all the players selected on day two of the MLB draft for each team. But uh, we'll talk about the first and second round picks. Uh, we'll start with the Nationals uh, with the number fifth pick. They picked uh, prep outfielder Elijah Green out of IMG Academy. Everybody was freaking out after that because they're like, oh, this means Soto's definitely gone, 100% gone. This is his replacement. Uh, but it couldn't be his replacement because he's in, this guy is 18 years old i think maybe even 17
3: replacement one day
1: one day but not i mean it's not going to be immediately it's not an immediate that's not how baseball works uh and he he's going to take some years in the rookie you know you got a lot to move up here uh which will be interesting to see what he does and then in the second round on sunday night they selected left-handed collegiate pitcher out of the university of oklahoma with the 45th pick that being jake bennett uh, interesting nugget here is he is was college and, I believe, high school teammates uh, with their number one pitching prospect, Cade Cavalli, at, uh, mm-hmm. as Cade Cavalli was at Oklahoma for a year um, as he got drafted in 2020. Uh, but, uh, yeah, in the Nats, I guess he actually was chosen by them in the 2019 draft in the 39th round, but elected to attend the University of Oklahoma instead. Uh, So obviously a guy they've wanted for a few years, and they'll get him. He had a 3.69 ERA in 20 games over 19 starts uh, during his redshirt sophomore season this last season at the University of Oklahoma. And uh, now we'll move over to uh, the Orioles getting... Uh, this, not the son of the MLB legend that everybody thought, the son of another MLB legend on Sunday night in the fir- with the first overall pick.
3: Yeah, they go with Jackson Holiday, the shortstop, and it was between him and Andrew Jones Jr. And I think uh, with Holiday, you know, you're getting a shortstop, and the infield is really a position where the Orioles don't have a lot of minor league depth and they don't have a lot of MLB uh, talent there either and i know usually in the draft you know you just kind of take the best player but if, if you think it's pretty close between holiday and jones which a lot of people do uh that may going more of a need selection there makes sense because the orioles have gone outfield the past two years in their first round selections uh colton Cowser and heston curse said so you know they're they're going here with an infielder or shortstop that supposedly has all the tools i mean it's so hard to evaluate these guys at 18 uh you know it's funny to hear the analysis you know they'll talk about the guy every player it seems like that gets picked in the first round or really throughout the draft sounds like the next you know great thing and and then most of them don't make it it seems like so that's just
1: the part of a minor league system the way i mean it's i feel like it's even less or it's even more harder now for players to make it because they're still doing I mean, are they – I can't remember if they're still – is the draft over? I honestly have no idea. I have no clue how many rounds they're doing because, you know, when they've done – Well, yeah,
2: they, they cut rounds when they cut uh, minor league baseball I didn't know if that I was believe. just for
3: the COVID year. Kind of down they down to five at one point, but I think it went back Could have been back just the COVID year. I don't I know. It went back well, obviously up, you saw that like guy 40, get drafted in
1: 2019 – uh so I guess they're continuing it to you, got the, you see that guy that the Nats drafted in the 39th round in 2018 that he mm-hmm. ended up going to college. But, I mean, now you have less minor league affiliates. And with less minor league affiliates come less players. So we'll have to see you, how you things... You
2: expect the guys in the first round, obviously, to go through. It's just how good is your farm system to make them successful in the MLB? And hopefully for teams like the Orioles being nick and i's team and the nationals there for you spencer have the farm system and the coaches that are able to get these guys to be successful
1: yeah so 20 rounds is the new mlb system i believe because they were i think 40 yeah i think they're yeah so they were at 40 prior, they prior they and they cut it down during covid uh to five rounds because they didn't have minor league baseball, so they didn't have anywhere for these players to go. But now they're back down to 20, which I think when you cut the minor league system, which I feel like they cut almost in half, that that's not a bad thing to do. But again, I think it brings more of a reality for players that are drafted because there's just so many minor league players, or there have been, that don't make it all the way to the bigs. So I think in a a way to make baseball better, 20 rounds is better than 40 rounds. You're cutting it in half, and you're cutting. Although you're cutting the ability for people to play it at, in the professional level, I think it's better because you don't want a guy to play in the minors his whole career. But that does happen. There are career I mean, minor And I think it's going to
2: grow in other aspects. I think it's growing the independent leagues that yes. we see now, like the Atlantic League, the Frontier League, and the, the name too you know, that like are in here the state locally. of West
1: Virginia, the Charleston Dirty Birds. Mm-hmm as uh, they changed to independent league and then uh believe the uh the Black Bears they are a MLB draft league affiliate. Yes. With the Frederick Keys as well and then I believe there's a Bluefield team, right?
2: I think so, I'm not 100% There was, I don't know about if they still a Bluefield still is. team, but I, the, uh, Bears, I think, but I do know that the uh Black Bears I think were just the first half uh regular season champions there.
1: Well, I think yeah, the they won league. the MLB Draft League. I know I, I think I did see that. Um but yeah, that it's a lot of MLB talk here. Uh we'll talk probably tomorrow or thursday about kind of our first half impressions about the whole league uh with not a lot of baseball going on between those two days we'll recap tomorrow the all-star game but that'll do it for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by hagerstown ford revolutionizing the car buying experience buy your next vehicle online they'll deliver it to you if you don't like it they'll take it back go to hagerstownford.com for more on the other side of this break uh big 12 notre dame and nbc that is a headline we'll get into that and then uh Matt Miller, former sports director here for a very long time, he dropped off Colin some goldfish with Old Bay on them. We'll actually taste the, taste the test that live on the show to wrap things up. You're tuning in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV
0: Ten. Back in two minutes.
1: Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for July 19, 2022, brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer Dupuynik, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here for about three, three and a half or so minutes left in today's program. Uh, We'll talk here quickly as uh, a developing story. Not too much on this story, uh, but Notre Dame it needs to uh, redo their uh, media rights agreement as it expires with NBC, I believe, in 2025. Uh, that's when it's set to expire. Uh, sources told CBS that uh, if they wanted to earn $75 million, they would uh, want to stay independent. But now there's speculations that they could get together with the uh, Big 12.
2: Yeah, and that would be huge for the uh, Big Twelve if they were able to land NBC and Notre Dame coming out of independence. That would be uh,
1: just like kind of the ACC affiliation kind of thing that they. That, did, that right? would
2: mean that the Big Twelve's the one that survives. Yeah, but I'm saying I'm Notre saying
1: Dame. it would be like Notre Dame has done with the ACC, right? Where they've yeah. scheduled games with them. And it's not a conference I game. think
2: it would be all the sports that would probably go over to oh. Big 12, not just football because, as you said, it's everything but football in the ACC for Notre Dame. I think they'd probably go all Big 12.
1: Yeah, that could be interesting. But, again, that's coll- we've kind of seen that lull again in this college realignment after what the big speculation that came out and you know those two schools, USC and UCLA, making that move. We haven't really heard much chatter b- besides a week after that.
2: Yeah, so, obviously uh, the biggest domino that would fall would be Notre Dame because they've been independent forever. And yeah. I think it was the Zach Gilb show that I was listening to a couple days ago. And the biggest thing was it was the slogan should be God, football, independence. God, country, and football independence for Notre Dame. Interesting. So if that changed.
3: They were in the Big Ten for a little bit back in
2: the day. But
3: yeah. All right, Colin, let's get into this.
2: We've been for a very long time. Let's get exactly. into this.
1: We've got a minute and 20 seconds left.
2: So Matt Miller uh, got this from Jackie Long on EPT. It's a bag of the limited edition Old Bay seasoned uh, goldfish. So he didn't want them, gave them to me,
1: and now we're going to try them. Yes, we are. We've got a minute of the show left, so we are got to go fast here. Uh, but, again, want to thank want to thank Hedgesville baseball head coach Eric Grove for coming on to talk to us. About uh, about Chase DeLauder and his time at Hedgesville and then his current team, uh, but that will do it for this edition of the Sports Mix here. As Colin and I will take a bite. One, two, three. It's a lot of old bay. That's a lot of old bay, but it's pretty good. I think that's a that's pretty good.
3: Do we have a rating?
1: I give it a six point three.
3: Six point three from Spencer. Colin. I'll go six six. 6'6. Six, 6'6,
1: six. Six, six, you heard it here first. Uh, 6 6-3 and 6.3, 6.6. That'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Thanks to Eric Grove for coming on. For Colin McLaughlin, Nick Furzlooney, I'm Spencer Puis saying so long. We'll have a Little League Baseball tonight, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow on the Sports Mix
0: at 1208.